episode 11 of the Lost in Life podcast. I'm live right now on YouTube. If you're watching, make sure you say hello in the chat. If you have questions, drop them in the chat. And if you're listening to the recording and you want to be part of these um, live recordings of me doing the podcast and you want to interact with me, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel and you turn the bell notification on. It's basically a little bell icon next to the subscribe button. When you click it, it tells you, you get a push notification every time I do a live or I drop a new daily video. And that's like my first little tip is with channels like mine, turn the notifications on so that, you know, the notifications you do have on your phone, they aren't distracting you, but they're helping you to be more productive. They're helping you to be more focused. So hello to expired 47. Thanks for joining the live. The other people who are who are watching, I can see you, but I don't know your name. So definitely say hello in the chat and um, let me get started. So first of all, you know, why why would you want to reduce your time on social media? Why would you want to reduce the notifications? What kind of impact is it having on you? Well, the first thing that I would say is most people don't even think about this. You know, sometimes when I'm on the train, I like I sneak over and I just take a peep over my shoulder to see what other people are doing and what kind of things they're doing on their phone to see how they're being distracted or how they're using some of these apps on their phones. And often I see, you know, they've got every single notification turned on. They've got the notifications appearing on their lock screen. So, you know, for example, WhatsApp, you can see a small snippet of every message as it's coming through. Now, I'm not knocking that, but what I am saying is when you have your phone, you know, within arm's reach, my phone is over here on the windowsill. If I see every notification that comes up, just a little snippet, you know, maybe my mom's messaging me, my girlfriend, my friends, my uh, YouTube comments, if I've got those coming on, as I'm here on this live, it is literally interrupting my reality it's it's searching for my attention it's pinging me now if you've got the sound on you've got the you know they get you get the little light i can see the blue light is flashing here on my uh galaxy i'm i'm immediately being drawn my attention is being fractured from the here and now to the phone and what the phone this other agenda for me wants me to do so the first thing that i would say is turn your notifications off. And so that means on WhatsApp, turn the blue ticks off. So there is no pressure for you to reply within a certain amount of time. The second thing is turn off notifications on apps like Facebook, Instagram, etc. So that again, you're not getting that distraction externally saying to you, hey, check your notifications. Hey, check your Instagram, check your Facebook. By turning that off, you have what we call one less hot trigger. There's a guy called Charles Duhigg who wrote uh, The Habit Loop, which some of you may have read. And one of the things he talks about in the book is based on um, BJ Fogg, his, I think my connection is unstable apparently. Okay, I'm back now. Uh, and, and leave your questions in the chat as you're listening to me. His work, based on BJ Fogg's work, University of Stanford professor, he was looking at how people build habits. And there's a saying in Silicon Valley that this guy is like the millionaire creator because a lot of these tech entrepreneurs, people who are trying to start the new Facebooks and Instagrams of today, they go to him and 
they use a lot of the science that he's developed, that he's learned of building habits and they apply it to their apps and get people hooked. And the next thing you know, it spreads like wild, wildfire and Facebook, Instagram, all these big companies have used his research into habits to get you hooked on their apps. And he creates a distinction between two types of habit triggers. Now, just a step back before I go into this, every habit has a loop and Charles Duhigg talks about this in his book. You have the trigger, the routine, and then the reward. So the trigger might be you're on your phone and you see a message pop up and the light starts flashing and you hear a sound. That is what we call a trigger. And the second step in this habit loop is you have a routine. So you, you complete a behavior and that behavior might be, I check my phone, I read the message and then I get the reward, which is the dopamine hit that I get from checking my phone. I feel instantly connected to someone. Now there are two types of triggers. There are cold triggers and there are hot triggers. And basically a cold trigger is something that you can't act on in the immediate moment. So you, you get, um, you know, post through your door. I mean, maybe that you could argue that's a hot trigger, but you get some kind of trigger where you can't act immediately. And a hot trigger is something where you have to act immediately. You have to do that behavior straight away. Hello to Gokul, thank you for joining the live stream. Uh, remember to leave your, your questions and comments in the chat. So you have these two types of triggers. Now, when you have your notifications turned on, you are not in control of the triggers that come your way. And, and this applies not just to social media, but to any app you have on your phone, any push notification you have on your Google Chrome browser, your Safari browser, your web browser, your tablets. There are triggers everywhere that are battling for your attention. And that's like one of the biggest um, commodities in, our, in the modern world is attention. Everyone is fighting for your attention. I'm literally fighting for your attention right now to keep you on this live stream, to help you to get rid of these distractions so you are more productive. Now, let's imagine that your goal is you want to get some revision done today or you want to write a book and you've got a thousand words to write or I want to film some videos. Now, that is the agenda I've set for me. But as soon as I wake up, and this is tip number two, if I have my phone next to me and I look across and I hear a sound, ding, and I see the light, blue, flash, blue light flashing and I see a little um, message pop up, Immediately, I'm going to, my attention is drawn to that object. And as soon as I do that, my brain waves change. There's some good research by um, Jim Quick. You can check it out. He was talking about the different uh, brain waves and, and how they change as you're doing deep work, as you're sleeping, and the best time for you to do different things. Dr. Michael Bruce, he has some really good research into your sleep chronotype, which I think I talked about on the last episode of the Lost in Life podcast, which you can see, you can get a link in the description if you haven't heard that already. So all of these things are competing for your attention. Now, if you don't manage those things, they are going to manage you. Like if you're someone who's always distracted and you find it hard to focus, I get a lot of people asking me this in the comments. I get a lot of emails um, asking me this, like literally hundreds every single week, like, hey, can you help me with, I'm so distracted. Well, the first question you should ask yourself, 
How many notifications do you have turned on? And are you going to sleep with your phone next to you? Don't keep your phone in the same room as you when you go to sleep and when you're trying to do work. As a general rule, you should call yourself a digital minimalist. And what I mean here is that you're using social media, you're using digital technology as minimally as possible. Your life doesn't revolve around digital things. It is a tool rather than something you are dependent on. And the reason for this is because often it can take your presence away from this moment, right here, right now, as you're on this video, on this podcast episode, on this live. So tell me in the comments, I'm going to take a swig of water. What's the what's going through your mind right now as you're listening to me and I'm coaching you to be less distracted and I'm telling you, turn your notifications off and don't go to sleep or be in the same room as your phone when you're working. Those are the first two tips. Are you guilty of those? Like how does social media distractions, how do the different apps, the games you use as well, I think that's important to throw in here. How do they affect you? So comment in the chat. If you have questions as well, let me know and I'm gonna take another swig of my um, my my water solution, there's something epic in here that's helping me to be more focused and I'll talk about that later. And just so you can see this, if you're on the video, I don't know if my camera will let me, I don't wanna spill this all over my, my laptop, you can't really see this, but it's a red solution. So yeah, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, special little mix that I created just before I started this podcast. Uh, that I just kind of have next to me. It's just water and uh, a new tropic. So yeah, those are the first two things. Now, like I said, if you're being distracted, your attention is being pulled in so many different directions. The person who is committed to nothing is going to be distracted by everything. Write this down, get like, write it in the chat, I don't care. Write it on your hand in pen, write it on a piece of paper, but burn this in your mind. The person who is committed to nothing is doomed, destined to be distracted by everything. Now, what I mean here is that a lot of you, the reason you're not getting more done in your day is you haven't created a real commitment to something. I have created a commitment that I'm going to be making daily videos until at least May. Don't you think because I get like 100 views, 200 views, 300 views on a video that took me eight hours sometimes to create, I think maybe I should stop. Of course I think that, of course that goes through my mind. I, I experienced that thought, but the reason I don't stop what I'm doing is because beforehand, ahead of time, I committed and said, okay, February, March, April, May, daily videos, that is the experiment. And I'm going to see because I know on YouTube with anything, you need a solid amount of data. You need a good amount of time to measure how, how when you're doing something, if it's having an effect. Similarly, if you're changing your workout routine and your goal is to, to lose fat and to build muscle, you need to track how much fat did I lose? How much muscle did I gain? How many times did I go to the gym? And keep those things constant. Don't change them. Don't mess around with those so that you can see which lever, when you when you change one thing, how much it affects the other. After I'm done, like, I've been meaning to say this, those of you who are tuning in every single day watching the videos, enjoy it while it lasts because I won't be doing it forever. 
I'll be testing like, okay, what if I do weekly and I make it more epic? And I'm trying to test all the time, you know, what happens if I do a YouTube live? What happens if I do a podcast? How does it affect the bottom line of what I am trying to do? Because you always want to be following a three-step process for anything you're trying to do. Build or plan, measure and learn. So basically, plan something, do something, learn something. Plan something, do something, learn something. And the more of these cycles that you go through, the better you're going to get. You know, there's a, there's a really um, interesting analogy I like to use with a lot of the young people that we work with, with Revolution Hive. I say to them, okay, there's a story, right, of a, a professor who uh, he was teaching his art students at university about building clay pots. And he wanted them to understand that it's not the outcome that's the most important thing. It's something else. So he had two groups. The first group, he said, you have a week and you have to create as many clay pots as possible. And then he had another group, the second group. I want you to create the best possible clay pot. Now, which group do you think at the end of it had the best clay pot if you were listening on the live stream comment in the chat and tell me do you think it was group one the ones that did loads of clay pots did they come up with the best one or do you think it was the one that had one of them and they did it the most perfect they were told to make the best pot so just comment in the chat i'm going to wait five seconds and i'll tell you the the answer to this little analogy and i love this because it demonstrates something that is so true something that i'm literally practicing with these daily videos even though you know i'm six years in i'm four i've made 450 videos but i still believe in this because i know where i'm at i'm self-aware in my journey as to where i'm at so the, let's go back to that story the answer was the first group the first group was the one that had the best result and the reason for this is because they were practicing doing one thing over and 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 over. If you look, and I was looking at this myself, uh, some of the top musicians, some of the top influencers, YouTube creators, Instagram people, like anything that you look, any, any arena, as, you know, scientists, neuroscientists, doctors, the difference between the people who are good and the people who are great, like truly great at what they do, writers, authors, is they are prolific. They are prolific. They create a, like so much work that over time, the, the average repetition they do, it improves versus the person who wants to be perfect. Most of you that are listening to this and are watching this live stream, whether it's live or recorded, your problem is you're not willing to look crap. Like you're not willing to go through, you publish daily videos and you get 183 views. I'm willing to do, I don't care about how I look. It doesn't matter to me because I know that there are those of you like Alfie, like Aditya, like Google, like I see these names coming up again and again and again. You're watching every day, you're applying these things, you know, and your life is changing. 
and that's impact like impact over views that's what i'm measuring my videos on it's not you know how many like i could get a thousand views and nobody applies the information but i could get a hundred views and 50 people apply the information and improve their lives which one is more important it's not about the vanity metric but it's about knowing what am i basing my success my validation on and and for me most of it comes from do i feel good about this video like did i get my daily video done today and i've committed to it i'm part of a group of 15 people all of us are pace posting hopefully not pasting daily content now i'm the only one making a five to seven youtube video every single day and every person had to put five hundred dollars into this group and i'll be real like i i like i'm not in a position where i'm making you know six figures yet uh, oftentimes like i'm sometimes not paying myself to keep this going that five hundred dollars that like that would have been great could have gone on holiday but at the beginning, you have to make these um, investments. And, and I don't say sacrifice because that kind of makes you feel like, oh man, I'm sacrificed. Don't count the cost. Don't count the cost of what it takes. So, you know, even if you're revising, you're um, taking like really rubbish jobs that aren't paying well and all of your peers right now, you know, you're in your mid twenties, you're trying to build a business, you're trying to travel the world, you know, do the things that are unpopular because to have what no one else has, you have to do what no one else will. To have what no one else has, you have to do what nobody else will. So we got a question in the chat from Aditya. Hey, I've been trying to focus on multiple business ideas and it's, I'm just gonna pause because I think my connection has gone unstable again. If you're listening to the podcast, then obviously you don't have to worry because I'm recording this separately. So I can obviously carry on. Um, this is the challenge again of having um, internet that you're sharing with other people. But luckily, I do have a backup, and I think this is a good um, a good lesson here. Always have a plan B. Always have you know uh, a fail safe. If this happens, then I'll do this. I call it the if then strategy. Um, I'm now tethering on my phone, and hopefully. I should be getting reconnected in, in, in a few seconds. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, you know, grab some water. I'm going to do the same. Take a little break. Remember the information I've just gone through. What are the key things that you've learned so far from all of the things that I've been sharing with you? What are the key things? So we talked about turning notifications off. I talked about making sure that you're not sleeping with your phone next to you and having that hot trigger around. And then I also spoke about the difference between the two and that strategy of build, measure and learn. And the more you go through that cycle, the more you're going to improve your average repetition so that the things that you are doing, you know, not just trying to create the perfect rep, but focusing on doing 10,000 reps of one kick. And that's the reason why um, you know, a lot of UFC fighters or like Bruce Lee talked about, I don't fear the person who knows a thousand kicks. I fear the person who's done one kick a thousand times. So again, learn how to 
master that one thing and as you're listening again on the, this is exclusive to the podcast the people who are watching the youtube live stream i don't know if you're going to see this um because i've still not reconnected but think about what is it that you want to specialize in and, and if you're not sure right now um a, a good example i want to use from my own personal life my brother is a vet right now and he's been doing loads of different um jobs to like generally learn the, the broad skills of a vet but then he's now looking at okay how can i specialize so do i want to be you know focused on cats and cataracts in cats or do i want to be focused on wildlife do i want to be focused on conservation because even within that one career being a vet even within being a doctor or a surgeon there are so many different things that you can specialize in so when you're at the beginning of the journey which most of you are you have to try loads of different things so that um, you can learn what your niche is. And that's okay at the beginning. You have to try different things. But even, you know, and it's funny how this is universally true. You start with the gross or the general and then you get more specific. So don't be afraid to try different things. And as you get closer to it, you specify, you specialize. And, you know, a good example of this in meditation too, when you first start meditating, you learn just to focus on your breathing around the area of your upper lip. It's called Anapana meditation. But then eventually you focus on more specifics. Okay, what's happening all over my body? What's happening in my head? You focus on one area at a time. So, you know, for in, in your life, I want you to think about how can you Start broad and then specify over time and get subtler and subtler, more specific over time so that you are, um, you know, a master of one thing rather than a jack of all trades. So I'm still not connected, which is quite annoying and this is not working. So we're having some technical difficulties um, on the podcast today, unfortunately. But let me go into let me go into the, the third tip in terms of um, the, the five useful hacks to defeat your addiction to social media while I wait for the YouTube live to be reconnected. And the third thing that I wanna share is an app called the Newsfeed Eradicator. So if you're on Facebook, um, let me use that. There's a specific uh, app to Facebook. I'm sure you can probably find one for things like Instagram, etc. But Facebook, you know, most of us use it. And the first thing you do when you open the app you see your newsfeed. Now, I'm gonna combine kind of two tips in one here. I have already uninstalled and deleted Facebook. I kind of hate that when you buy a new phone now, it comes pre-installed with Facebook. So I've gone ahead and disabled it. So that's the first little tip that I'll give you is get rid of it. Like, why do you need to have it on your phone? You don't need it. Um, I'm not saying don't use it. I'm saying manage your use, learn to be a digital minimalist. So. What this app Newsfeed Eradicator does is it deletes or it kind of hides your newsfeed when you go onto Facebook on your laptop. Now, the way I've structured this, I've designed my system so that I don't rise to the level of my motivation and how I feel. I, I've failed to the level of my system. My system is I don't have Facebook on my phone and I have Facebook on my laptop, but I do two things. Number one, I have an app called Blocksite which blocks the 
apps that I don't want to be using. So I've got on there like BBC Football, Sky Sports Football, because I'm always checking those, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and I think Twitter. And when I turn Blocksite on, I just can't access those sites. So I know before I go to bed, I always turn it on. And so I actively, I've made it more difficult for me to check because then I have to go into the app. I have to re kind of um, enable it so I can go into it. And then I can um, access the app. So Newsfeed Eradicator, what it does is it removes your entire newsfeed and replaces it with a quote. So when you log into Facebook, and I've made it past Blocksite, I've made it onto my computer and I've had like three steps. I've made it more complex for me to actually check Facebook. I can't see people's posts. And so that what that means is I can't see the selfie uh, that someone's posted on, on my uh, newsfeed. I can't see, you know, their holiday pictures, their food pictures, their random YouTube video they're sharing, the random Facebook video. So, you know, even little things like autoplay on Facebook, immediately the video starts playing and within three seconds, you're more likely to get hooked. So that's the third tip that I have for you is use the newsfeed eradicator. If you go to the Chrome store, you can find it. Just type in um, newsfeed eradicator and it will come up and install that on your Facebook uh, using Google Chrome. I think there is a similar extension if you're using another browser. Uh, generally, I just find Google Chrome is a bit quicker than the standard ones that you get. So definitely go and check that out. So that's tip number three to help you be a digital minimalist. So we had a question from Aditya. Uh, thank you for that question. I wanted to make sure that I did answer it. And he asked me, you know, I'm running multiple businesses and I feel the strain and the pressure. How do I deal with that? So, you know, as someone who's making daily YouTube videos, who you know is trying to learn the piano, which you can see in the background as well. Um, you know, I'm supposed to be doing like an hour's practice every single day. I am also going to the gym. I'm also in a relationship. I also go home to see my family in Birmingham. I also run a social enterprise outside of YouTube called Revolution Hive, which equips young people for life beyond the classroom. So shout out to Revolution Hive, make sure you go check our workout at www.revolutionhive.com. And I run a coaching business and I'm a life coach. You know, I've got several clients that I work with. I've got several different things going on. How do you manage it all? Well, the first thing I would say, Aditya, is you got to understand that you cannot do everything. And that means you have to pick what can I do and how much time in my week do I want to allocate to each of those things. So go into your, your Google Calendar, whatever diary app that you use, and literally schedule in eight hours of sleep, two hours for going to the gym and travel there and back, half an hour commute, an hour spending time on this business, and then look at, you know, based on your to-do list and the actual time you have in your week to week. If that diary is completely packed like there's not even a gap between things. That means you're doing too many things. There should be like a little buffer between things. So, you know, in a given day, I know like roughly speaking, there's maybe two or three things that I can actually get done. Like one really big two hour deep work strategic task and then something kind of interactive and then maybe two or three other things. Because the other thing you got to realize is that your energy is not unlimited. Your energy, it starts off high and then it changes throughout the day based on two things, 
your diet and your habits. Now, if you've got a poor diet and poor habits, it's going to be much lower than a lot of other people's. But if you have a really effective, powerful diet and a powerful um, group of habits, maybe it'll be more. But even then, like there might be a certain amount that you can get done day to day. And different things use up different amounts of your energy. Think of it like your phone. At the beginning of the day, it's charged 100%. Now, the more apps you use, if you're watching videos, if you've got multiple apps on the go, it's going to get completely drained. If you're playing like a really heavy uh, duty game that uses a lot of the processing power. On the other hand, you might stop throughout the day and recharge that phone. So then it goes back to 100%. Are you doing the same thing in your day? Like, do you take time where for an hour or half an hour you go for a walk? Or you just meditate and breathe? You just... Pause. And when you do, you know, are you eating like a heavy, sugary, high-fat meal or a healthy salad? Because I know if I have a really heavy carb meal in the middle of the day, I'm not going to be as focused as I might be if I have a really big salad at 12 p.m. and then at 3 p.m. I have my smoothie and then I save that heavy meal with loads of carbohydrates in simple carbs for the end of the day when I know I'm going to be going to sleep anyway. So manage your energy, Aditya, and not your time. Know what your priorities are. Schedule them. You can use an app called Get Plan. And make sure you're constantly finding time to pause and become mindful, not mindless. And always remember, like, you can't do everything. I think that's a big lesson for me as I approach my late 20s, that you can't do everything. You can only do a couple of things really, really well. And the rest of it, you know, delegate, delete, and then do. Like, it's a really, really important thing to remember. I saw an image this week of um, the electromagnetic spectrum and how the human eye can literally like this, this massive spectrum of light and the human eye can only see like, I don't know, maybe less than 5% of it. And it made me think, you know, it's so true, not just here in terms of what you can literally see, but in terms of running a business, I, I can't, I, I physically can't do everything. I wish I could. I wish I could clone myself. I wish I had... Like, you know, sometimes I get to the end of the day and I think, oh man, I wish I could keep going, but I just need rest right now. Um, you can't do everything. And that's something that's really, really important to remember. So yeah, those of you who are rejoining the stream, welcome back to Sono. He's saying, uh, just to have rules, I play only on a Friday night and Saturday. Really important. Yep, setting rules as part of that if-then strategy. So we have two more useful hacks to defeat your social media. Let's go to number four. If you missed number three, listen to the podcast and you can find that. And number four is only check your social media when you are around other people. So it links to what Sona said, have rules. Only check your social media when you are around other people. Why do I say this? One, because you are less likely to be spending more time on it. But number two, it's a very anti-social thing to do, to check your social media when you're around other people. And so it's going to make you less likely to spend more time. Now, I'm not saying when you're spending time with your friends and you're catching up, you know, whip out your Facebook or your Instagram, go for your notifications and start DMing people. What I'm saying is maybe when you're on the train, 
maybe when you're at the gym, although I wouldn't really recommend that because you want to be focused, but you know, create these rules that make it difficult for you to spend loads of time on it. If you use, shout out to my cousin Nand, he's at his shop, go check out Chakshu London in uh, Shoreditch. They make custom eyewear, high-end stuff that I'm wearing right now. You can see these frames. Um, if you're using it in a, in Camden, my bad. <laughs> if you're using it in a public place, you're less likely to spend hours and hours on it because it's an antisocial thing. But also you're not gonna be sat on your phone for hours and hours in bed in the, in the morning or in the evening, just wasting your time. And a good way to manage how much time you're spending on social media is just become more aware of it. And that brings me to my fifth and final tip is track. Track the amount of times you do two things. One, you unlock your phone. And number two, you actually spend time on your phone. I have an app called, I think it's Escape. Let me just check it real quick, which actually tells you the number of times that you have unlocked your phone in a given day so that you can see, I actually think I uninstalled it because I got uh, tired of the notifications, but I'm pretty sure it's called Escape or something like that. Um, if you've got something similar, tell me in the comments down below. Uh, yeah, I uninstalled it recently. Um, but it's a really good app. They kept sending me loads of notifications and I, I was kind of like, I've, I'm, I'm done with tracking this. Um, I didn't feel the need to use it. And again, I think that's a really important thing is that um, use things as long as they're useful. And then when they're no longer, when you reach a point of diminishing returns, just get rid of it. But I'm pretty sure it is called Escape uh, Track App Usage. I'm just Googling this to see. Um, and basically the, what I found really useful about this app was it shows you how many times you unlocked your phone um, so that you can see, there we go, yep, it is called escape. Uh, you can see how many times you actually picked up your phone and unlocked it. And the analogy that I like to use is if I unlocked my phone 40 times, that's the equivalent of smoking 40 cigarettes or drinking 40 shots of vodka because that's 40 interruptions in your day. 40 times that I stopped and looked at this thing. Now, you might be checking 40 times your emails, you might be checking 40 times Instagram scrolling, but was it really worth it? Because there's a certain point with you know anything that we do, but especially social media, where you reach this point where it's diminishing returns, you're not getting the same return as before. Same with drinking coffee, you reach a point where you reach an insurmountable tolerance. Like there's, you can keep doing that same behavior, but you're not getting the same level of reward. So where is that point for you? Like keep it as low as possible. So what if you checked your phone five times and in those five times, that's it. Like how much more productive, how much more mindful could you really be? Because a lot of these uh, companies that build these apps, these games, uh, all of these different things, they're using the same technology, the same methodology as you find in a slot machine in a casino. If you think about the way Instagram works, when you swipe down and you're waiting, I can't even show you because I don't have Instagram on my phone. When you're waiting for that to reload, it's like a slot machine. You're waiting for something interesting to appear. But why? Like, you know, you could in that time post you know, something for your business on social media. You could be reading another book. You could be writing down ideas. You could be, you could be texting someone. You could be 
writing a, a letter to a prisoner as a pen pal service. That's something that I used to do before um, that scheme ended that I was part of. But fi- like those little interruptions throughout your day, they cost you something. That's the whole point of this entire podcast episode, this entire live stream is that what is the cost? What is it ruining? Is it the relationship? Is it the quality time? Is it the productivity in your business? Is it your revision? Like build your entire system in a way that is digitally minimal, not digitally dependent. So again, like in the chat, tell me the main things that you're learning. If you're listening on the podcast, email me, support at geshobot.com. I love hearing your feedback. Um, So now I want to jump into the Q&A part of the uh, live stream for those of you who are listening because I just recently hit 30,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, please support me by subscribing and clicking the notification um, icon, the little bell, so you know every single time I put out a new video on productivity, mastering your mindset and making a difference. And this is something I was thinking about earlier. Someone asked me, you know, why did you decide to start this channel? That's going to be the first question. Well, I think when you look at your day-to-day life, but also your your life as a legacy, there are so many things that we can't control. Like I can't control what Mark Zuckerberg does and how that affects my you know Facebook feed. I can't control whether or not the internet will work properly during this live stream. Like there's so many things that are outside of my control. I can't control the level of energy that I have throughout the day. It's not unlimited. Like it has a, I can optimize it, but I can't make it infinite. Now, most people spend so much time trying to control the external things, people's behavior, people's attitudes, people's views. Even this week, you know, I had uh, a comment about why are you sharing your political views on your YouTube channel, Keshav? I'm unsubscribing. Like, I can't control this person's belief system, their attitude towards me, and whether or not they choose to subscribe, whether or not they choose to watch the video. But what can I control? I can control myself. And that's hard enough as it is. Like, think about how hard it is to change your own mind, let alone trying to change someone else's. But how many times do we do that? How many times do we try to change someone's opinion, to change someone's attitudes, their mindsets? So that's why I created this channel. It's because like, it is literally unlimited, this game of self-mastery. Like, you'll never reach a point where you're done. You'll never reach a point where it's like, okay, I've mastered myself, so what? Because the moment you think you've done that, and I've done this many times, you know, as, as, as much as I know this, I've done this many times. The moment you think you are done, just like Manchester United in 19, you know, when uh, Sir Alex Ferguson left, was it 2003, 2004, someone correct me. Like they thought they were at the top. Next thing you know, someone else came in, takes the, the top spot. Manchester City, same thing this season. We're seeing Liverpool on their, on their coattails because you have to keep innovating. You have to keep evolving. Like the the game remains the same, but the 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 arena that you're in it changes. If you're the number one influencer today, you have to keep innovating because a living being that's not evolving, that isn't growing, is dead. That's the only time in your life where you're not evolving. When you're dead, your cells stop reproducing. They stop evolving. Like you just decay. That's it. Straight up. 
So that was the reason why my uh, everything that I'm doing is focused on self mastery because only you can learn to master yourself. Like no one else can do the work for you. Sorry, I can give you tools, I can give you tips, I can give you inspiration, but at the end of the day, I might tell you to be a digital minimalist, but you have to go out and practice it. Knowledge is not power until you actualize it. It's only potential power. So all of these things, these daily videos, all of this stuff that I'm pumping out, all these books that I'm reading, like hundreds and hundreds of books, giving it to you in a three to five minute videos with timestamps, like here's the key nugget. You have to go and apply it. Knowledge is not power until you actualize it and you implement it. So that was the first question that I had. If you have other questions, post them in the chat. If you're a podcast listener, email me with the um, question and I'll definitely make sure to, to answer it in a future podcast episode. And, and on that note, you know, what kind of videos and podcast episodes do you want to see? Um, I'm also looking at some of the comments I want to react for. So Yusuf is asking, you're doing a daily video challenge, how many days straight? So I started doing daily videos in February, I think February 1st, around then. So February, March, April has been around 90 days. Um, in the Inner Compass community, in my coaching group, we have what we call a 90 day challenge where everyone every single day has a habit or something they're trying to do for 90 days straight. Um, so mine was daily videos and I'll be going till at least mid-May um, because halfway through my, I'd already, this is the thing, like people talk about, can you hold me accountable? They look for people to hold them accountable. When you reach a level of mastery, the only person you hold yourself accountable to is yourself. Hey to Amina in the, in the chat, let me know if you have any questions or anything that you wanna share. Let me know where you're also listening or watching from. When you're accountable to yourself, like you don't need other people around you. So when I was approached to join this epic daily content challenge, I, my first instinct was, I don't really need that. But hey, you know what? Is it gonna make me a little bit more committed? Definitely, definitely, definitely. So why not throw logs onto the fire? If you're already motivated, if you're already doing stuff, if you're already reading books, you're going to the gym, you're meditating, you're getting things done, like and you feel like you're productive, add more, like keep going, keep going, don't stop. You have to keep shifting. And that's what, for those of you who have done the personality quiz and you have um, been classed as the potential master or what I now call it, the hidden leader, the most dangerous thing is actually not when you're far away from the finish line, it's when you're close. Because most people, they slow down. And that's the most dangerous thing because as you get closer, you think, okay, I've made it. And you just start to relax a little bit. And that's the dangerous, most dangerous point because one, it's hard to recognize. Two, no one around you is gonna tell you, work harder, put more in, go for it. And three, like you have to, at that point, like, okay, let me go even harder. So I'm thinking now about when I get to mid-May and the challenge ends, how am I gonna go level up? And I'm working on a tiny acorn that is literally, you will see my content like you've never seen it before. I've never done this kind of thing before. I've never put so much work into it before. And I know that because the process is so on point, because my practice is so on point, when it comes time to perform, I'm ready. Like it's not a possibility, it's a certainty. 
So that's one the why why I've been uh, doing these daily videos, and that's why um, I'm doing this challenge. So thank you to Yusuf. Um, this was part of my story I did this week. So again, make sure you subscribe. Um, Netra was asking, can you suggest any audiobooks list? Because I don't have any idea for it. Um, same thing that I always say when people ask me for book recommendations. What do you want to know? Like, what do you want to learn? It's not enough for you to ask me, what book should I read? I don't know what book you should read. I don't know you. Like, what do you want to grow in? Like, where are you trying to focus right now? Because I could recommend, um, you know, I could recommend like even just here, two amazing books. You got Autobiography of Malcolm X. You got Anything You Want by Derek Sivers. Now, if you're a student trying to get an A grade or you're trying to get top marks and you're failing right now and you're not productive and focused and your family keep annoying you and distracting you and you feel really depressed, this is a great book, but it's not the right book for you. Whereas if you're an activist and you're trying to be inspired by some of the great leaders and you want to just learn from them, maybe this is the right book for you. So, you know, before you ask me, what should I read? Tell me, you know, hey, and this is what I mean, like, be clear. I would like to learn about how to be an amazing primary school teacher. Which book should I read to engage the students in my class to be more self-motivated? I can give you a book for that. Go to Ken Robinson. But you know, until I know what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go, it's going to be useless uh, rather than useful. So, you know, Netra, um, let me know what you're trying to do and how you're trying to grow. And um, I'll tell you which books I'd recommend. Alex Smith uh, on the, is the education system outdated? He was saying, I think the education system could do with teaching critical thinking from a primary school age. Uh, too much focus on useless subjects. Okay, yeah, definitely agree. And that's why, you know, uh, tomorrow I'm going to St. Mary's University with the team. We're going to be doing some stuff on building a growth mindset and then some training on public speaking. And we've worked with, I think, what, like, already, I know we've definitely worked with a thousand young people this year already. So again, when you support me, you support Revolution Hive by extension. I've built, I've designed these things so that when you buy one of my coaching courses, when you buy some of my programs, it helps me to give back to young people, especially from disadvantaged backgrounds who won't learn these valuable, valuable things like starting a business, nutrition, cooking, food, um, managing your money, all these practical things that we don't learn in the classroom. And um, this summer, we're going to be launching a campaign called Lessons for Life. So you'll hear about that when the time comes. So I've got a question in the live chat. Uh, any other questions you have, make sure you leave them, even just comments, feedback, etc. I'm on this live so I can talk to you. Definitely uh, say hello as well. Hello to Europe-based vlogs. Good to see you here. N says, hi Keshav, how has your spirituality grown, been impacted through this self-development journey of yours? Was spirituality an intentional goal? Um, does self-growth impact spirituality or vice versa? Uh Whew, big question. How has spirituality grown? Let's start with that. So I think the further along I go, the more integrity I have to have. That's one like thing that's at the forefront of my thinking because I, I believe that any kind of journey, like let's say, let's just take YouTube, for example, or being the CEO of Revolution Hive, as the company grows and we have more people in our team, we're working with more young people, I can't 
I can't fake it. Like I can't say one thing to to them, you know, give a hundred percent if I'm not given a hundred percent. If I'm not willing to wake up at five o'clock in the morning, um, get whatever I need to done, prepare the slides, you know, drive people there, support people, then you know, how can I ask someone else to do that? And a big thing that I've learned, you know, Simon Sinek talks about this, real leaders eat last. And I always ask myself like, okay, if Lewis Howell, if Ishani Parekh and the rest of my team are doing these things, like, what are you doing? Because you got, you got CEO by name, but are you a leader by nature? And that's the problem is a lot of people who get promoted, for example, you know, they might be a good salesperson on the sales floor, but they're not necessarily a good manager. And there's a different skill set you have to learn when you become a leader. So, you know, how does that relate to spirituality? Well, if I believe that um, everybody has infinite conscious, you know, what we call God, quote unquote, within them, and I'm helping them to actualize that, I have to also think about, well, am I being judgmental here? Am I seeing their best, their best self? And am I helping to, to be a catalyst for that? Because I said, I want to help people to think critically, be more self-aware and be inspired every day. Am I those things? So that's how it's had to do that. The other thing that I've been thinking about recently, spirituality as an intentional goal. Absolutely, because I believe in karma. I believe that there is, for every action I take, there is a, there is a, a byproduct, there is an effect. For everything I do, there is an effect. And for everything I don't do, there is an effect. So if I don't meditate, if I don't, you know, spend time in self-care, in good habits, in reflection, then there's going to be an effect. So cause, everything in life is like, there are multiple causes and multiple effects, like ripple effects all the time. And I really believe in uh, what, you know, in Vedic culture, you call the law of karma, like to get away from, because I know it puts a lot of people off. Um, and I don't class myself as someone who's religious. I class myself as someone who is spiritual. So I believe in these ideas and I share these ideas in a lot of talks that I do. But my main thing is I want to practice it. Like if, if I'm reliant on one singular holy book to give me all of the truth in the world, that means it's fixed. It cannot change. But one thing that you all know is that things change, things evolve. There are multiple perspectives. Nothing is black and white. And the sign of an educated mind is the ability to entertain nuance. Nothing is just, you know, one fixed thing. Even within the laws of physics, you have multiple different branches. Even within, you know, um, if we're looking at the best eye, everyone has like different perspectives because we're all unique and different. So my big thing is I want to be able to develop the mindset that something is trying to teach me, but I also want it to be a dialogue. I don't want to be someone who is dogmatic. I want to be someone who is like, um, you know, a tree that survives the harshest winds. I want to be flexible because when I become brittle and hard, I break. When I learn to bend, this is what yoga teaches us, is to be flexible. And your body is, is the sign. Like you can tell something about yourself by the way you've built your body, by the way you're nourishing your body, the way you're treating it. Because you have to live with this every single day. And if I'm not looking after this, how can I look after you? if I'm not looking after my own physical, mental well-being. And so, yeah, when you ask me, did, did that self-growth impact spirituality? Absolutely, you know, they, they both interact each ways. As I'm impacting you guys, you're impacting me. 
every comment I get, the days where I have doubt and I think, forget this, I get 100 views, shall I keep going? And then someone comments and says, oh my God, this helped me so much. You know, being on this live stream for the last, uh, how long have I been on it? An hour and so, this podcast for an hour or so has definitely had an impact. And I am very tired and fed up with people talking about theory and not being a practitioner. I'd rather practice something a hundred times than learn something in a book a hundred times. So, you know, one big thing that I've got from books like uh, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran, uh, the Bhagavad Gita from the Bible, the Quran, like read it. I read all of these different things. I want to learn from everywhere is like be a good person, practice those things and help people. Like we just keep it a really basic level. And, and that's like my driver here. Uh, a lot of times, you know, even the way I run uh, Revolution Hive and Inner Compass, sometimes like people, um, I had one client who was signed to do a coaching program and she canceled and she was liable to pay for the rest of the six months. But I just said, you know what, here, have your refund. I've canceled it. I've waived the policy because look, man, at the end of the day, there's more to life than money. And that for me is legacy and impact. Like I'm playing the long game here. So that's how spirituality is, you know, affected specific things I do. My choice of career, I could go make 80K a year in the city doing something for a bank or for a corporation that I don't believe in. But like shout out to the people who are trying to empower charities, third sector organizations, youth workers, social workers, you know, prison wardens, people who are counselors, people who are librarians trying to, get more people to read books. These are the people we need and there's few of us. So that's how uh, spirituality and my self-development journey have interacted and they continue to do so. So thank you so much for the question. Um, if you have more questions, I'm gonna take like two or three more uh, and I'm starting to get hungry. So I'm gonna end this podcast and live stream soon, but let's take a, a couple more. One mobile gamer is asking how to make money as students. Easiest way, uh, if you want to do it offline, go to a gar garage sale, a boot car boot sale, as we call them in the UK, find the cheap things and then sell them on eBay or Gumtree. What I've done a few times is, and just for fun, I go on to Amazon. I go to Camel, 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 the website that tells you how the price has fluctuated. And then I find like I found a uh, bought a piano for really cheap. And then I was watching the price on one website that I bought it for at a low price. And then I sold it on Facebook Marketplace because I know when someone buys something on Facebook Marketplace, like a piano, they haven't really done their research. They haven't gone to like a music, uh, a music instrument website for equipment and found the cheapest wholesale price. They just want a quick purchase because they're like a you know forty three year old mum with three kids and they need a piano for their kids' tenth birthday. So I sold it for like I don't know, an 80 pound profit and then, you know, reinvest that. So start with something and sell, keep flipping things. Easiest way, I used to do this with mobile phones when I was at school. I'd buy really cheap mobile phones on eBay and I'd watch like the same phone. I'd pick one phone. Again, this is the power of specificity, not just mobile phones. I used to buy the Nokia 3310. I'd find the cheapest price. And then I'd add a few extra features. I'd make a, I'd take a nice photo. I'd add a nice description and then I'd sell it for like higher amounts. And then I'd take the money I got. So let's say I started 40, I sold it at 60, then I'd have 60 to reinvest. And then I just keep going again and again and again. And then eventually I started selling like clothes and other things. So that's a good way to make money. The other one, which 
people underestimate get a paper round get a job um, do an internship get onto upwork as well um, build skills like editing copywriting email marketing social media management these are things that every business needs okay uh europe based vlogs what's the purpose of brands and luxuries um you're gonna have to tell me more about your question because it doesn't really make sense uh, at immediate face value but the purpose of a brand the reason it started was because it was a way of putting your mark on something as a sign of quality so for example let's use like porridge quaker oats is a really popular brand in the uk when it came in a box that had the quaker name on it that meant that you are buying something of a certain quality so for example when i buy something by yamaha everyone knows that yamaha make quality instruments whereas if i buy it from a brand i've never heard of i don't know what i'm getting so that is the purpose of a brand now with the brand I'm creating with my YouTube videos, I want to, I want you to know something like my information is going to be quality. It's going to be straight to the point. I try not to waffle and I try and give it to you in a very practical, simple way where it's not, you know, overly complex and overly, um, you know, I'm just trying to sound intelligent for the sake of it. So that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build a brand. If you look at, you know, other motivational speakers you might watch, Gary V has a brand where he's, you know, like cussing, swearing, but he's like the BS free person where he's going to give you like a punch in the face. Jay Shetty has his own brand. Elliot Hulse has his own brand. Um, Mel Robbins has her own brand. So that's what those things mean is like uh, what, what, what to expect as a result of that. So you're saying, why is there a social difference and discrimination due to it? It's a big question at the end of the day because um, I think these things like power only serves to serve itself. You you will never find that power will just recede or concede power. It has to we have to demand something, and social inequalities continue to self perpetuate because of the systems and the lack of education, the ignorance that keep those things going. If you look at, for example, gender equality or race for example a common like uh, rebuttal when someone acts in a way that's racist or says something or does something or, th or thinks in a way that is racist the immediate thing is to get defensive because oh i'm not i'm not racist like i have a black friend i have a brown friend but actually even if like i have friends who come from like africa who come from like saint lucia who come from all over the world but it doesn't mean i don't have a thought in my mind or a deficiency in my mind that creates prejudice and might when we when we call people out like it's not we shouldn't become defensive especially if a person of color or a woman for example is telling you you're being sexist like we should pay attention and ask ourselves again this is part of self-development and this is why it's really interesting that no one in the self-help industry is willing to breach these topics or to talk about them but you can't learn if you don't get into a dialogue. If I don't get into a dialogue about, like, just take a look at the, the top motivational speakers and life coaches in the world, you'll generally find they are men and they're generally white. And that's a problem because a lack of diversity leads to a lack of creativity, it leads to more of the same, and we need more diversity. We only benefit from 
diverse ideas, diverse stories, diverse thinking. So that's why, and unfortunately, that is the system we are living in. So the first thing that is most important before I tell anyone else is I need to get rid of the discrimination I have inside, the prejudice I have inside. Because I can't control what all of you do, but I can control myself. And the way I can control myself is by reading books, you know, by like Noam Chomsky, I'm looking at uh, doing good, better on my bookshelf, by conversing with people and getting them to tell me, this is what you need to change and learning from those people. A really good book on this is The Good Immigrant, which is a group of essays by people of color on their uh, experience from whatever ethnicity and background they come from. When I read that, there is a, I think it was a Chinese writer who talked about the discrimination she faced. And I didn't know about that because I'm not from that, you know, from that background. I only know about what it's like to be a Gujarati man growing in the UK. So there's certain discrimination I have faced and racism I have faced. So that's that's my, my thoughts on it. Um, thank you for asking such an important question. Uh, and it's something that I would like to talk more about, even if I lose subscribers, like that's cool. Because at the end of the day, if we want to master ourselves, we can't just talk about motivation. We have to talk about the prejudices and discriminations that we are creating within ourselves. And, and when we talk about it, we can learn, we can grow, we can, you know, find out. A big thing for me is I never used to say I am a feminist until I read work by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. And I read her essay on why we should all be feminists. And I started to understand this is how I use my privilege as a man to um, get certain advantages in life. Um, and I benefit from those. So sometimes people get butthurt and they don't want to address those things. So we've got another question. Uh, if you've got any other questions, post them now because this is going to be like the last couple. Um, if you're on the podcast, email me and I'll definitely share it in a future episode. Um, what do you think about self-esteem and self-confidence from Dado Bella? So tell me more about your question as well. Try to expand on it beyond like a one sentence. Um, first thing I would say, if you want more self-esteem, self-esteem comes from self-acceptance. So you generate self-esteem. I want you to think of it as a byproduct, as an outcome of self-acceptance. The more I accept, you know, things like if you look here, I have a, a bold patch on my beard because it's alopecia, probably from stress. I used to have one here, it grew back. And the more I accept this, the less I try and hide it. Like I'm cool with this. I have a hole in my beard. Um, my hair is thinning. Um, if I take my cap off, like I have hat head, look at my hair, it's all crazy and weird. Um, by accepting these things, like I am more confident and I have more self-esteem that, you know what? Like it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter that I have this hole I have like thinning hair. Cool, I've accepted it. And that gives me self-esteem. It gives me confidence. Now, when we're talking about self-confidence, there's so many different things, but the main thing I would say is confident is a result of taking action. And there are ways that you can build more confidence. Now, if you wanna learn more about confidence, you don't need to buy a course. I'm not gonna sell you anything. I already got the information for you for free. You don't need to read any more books. I went and read them, I took the courses, I took my experience as a life coach with over five professional diplomas in coaching. I didn't just read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and put life coach in my bio. Um, I've read over you know, 200 books at this stage. I took all of that information, I condensed it into a 40 minute free YouTube course called Boundless. 
and you can go and watch that. The first episode is about overcoming self-doubt. The second episode is about how we can learn from uh, T'Challa from Black Panther and I did a confidence breakdown. The third one is on the top four books you should read to build more confidence. And the last one is about the key things you need to build confidence and a kind of roundup of the course. So go check it out. It's on my YouTube channel. If you type into YouTube, Gesh of But Boundless Course, you will find it there. Go check it out. Leave me a comment, uh, Dado, so I know what you think of it. And literally I could sell this course probably for like 900 pounds and make loads of money, but um, I don't want it to be hidden behind a paywall. I want you to have this information for free. And um, yeah, it's there, so go check it out. And last question from Sauna, and then I'm gonna go and have some food because I am hungry and I still need to go to the gym today and do my filming for the week. So how do you deal with people who thinks only the bad for you when you are achieving is ignoring the best solution? So tell me more about that. I also promised you that I would share what I'm drinking. Uh, if you want me to do a review of one of my favorite new tropics I'm drinking, let me know in the comments, like, yes, you should make a video on that and I'll go ahead and do that. Um, it's helping me to focus right now. It's got a mix of caffeine, vitamin C, a bunch of other things um, that's kept me going. It's now 2.20 and I haven't had anything to eat yet. So um, you should definitely find out about that. Fasting and nutrition are play a key role in our productivity. But to the question, how do you deal with people? Do you ignore them? Well, basically, yes. <laughs> because at the end of the day, look at it like this, like everyone's always gonna have an opinion on what you should do, how you should behave, what you should study, who you should be. And over your lifetime, you are going to evolve many, 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 many times. There's gonna be completely different versions of you. Like I said, if you're not evolving, you're dead. And how many times have you updated the apps on your mobile phone? How many times have you upgraded your phone? But when was the last time you upgraded your thinking? When was the last time you upgraded your life? Like, when was the last time you went from version two to version three? How long have you been this current version of you? You have to change. And along the way, people are going to tell you to change in this direction, not your direction. And if you live your life for other people, bro, like, you're going to be miserable. And you're not going to be happy in life. And so you've got to make sure that you spend time with yourself reflecting, writing down goals, following the steps that I've laid out to you in my videos. Don't just watch, please, please do not just watch, take action. Pause the video, write things down. Like I always have a pen and some paper right here so I can take notes. Make sure you are doing that. Because without action, it's not power. It's just, your, you know, knowledge is like love, it's meant to be shared. It's not meant to be kept like, you know, on a bookshelf gathering dust. So yeah, people are gonna have opinions, but that's okay. And you've gotta just have the resilience to say, okay, I'm gonna carry on doing what I was gonna do anyway. Um, and last question from, from Ron, uh, one of my favorite dancers, check out his Instagram, man. He's a, an amazing, amazing, talented individual. I've lost myself due to OCD. The doctor said I may die, but I want to do something to help others um so i don't really know how to answer that because i need to know like how 
like more about the specific situation. I don't like to give generic advice without like proper understanding of what you're going through. Um, but how to fight OCD, number one, I would speak to like medical health professionals, um, which you are already doing. Number two is I would seek support from people who are also um, suffering from that. And number three, meditation is your best friend. Meditation is your best friend. Search for Vipassana meditation in, I know, I think you're from India, right? There are hundreds of centers there. I'm going to be in India at the end of the year. I've already found a place in, I think, Ahmedabad. I'm going to be going to, to spend some time there meditating. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, it's a disorder of a kind of the mind, right? So you've got to find ways to change that. Uh, one way you can do this is through um, CBT, through cognitive behavior therapy, which teaches you to, to change your thought patterns. Another way is NLP, which I'm a practitioner of. Obviously, I can't help you unless you're paying me one-to-one. -one. Um, but definitely go speak to your medical health professionals, which you're doing. Um, meditation, go to a Vipassana center. It's free. Everyone here is free. Find your local Vipassana center. Go and do a 10-day meditation retreat if your doctor says it's okay as well. Um, it's not applicable for everyone, but for most people, like 90% of the population, definitely go and check it out. And um, don't try to do it alone. Seek support of people who know what they're talking about. You know, go check out, um, especially when you're on the internet, be careful where you get your advice. And for sure, uh, for all of those who are listening, watching from India, um, I'm very, very excited to go back to India. Uh, it is where my roots are. I have a lot of uh, supporters from India as well, which is cool. And I haven't been since I was seven years old in 1997. So I'm excited to see what it's like and to, to, to learn and make some, maybe make some videos out there. Uh, who knows, I've got some plans uh, of things that I'm going to be doing during that time off. And um, yeah, you know, I've already scheduled in my diary at the beginning of the year that that was when I was going to take a holiday for an extended period of time. So I hope that you enjoyed today's live stream. Please comment down below and like the video if you listen to me. I've been here for like a good hour and a half. Uh, I am fasted. I am focused. Um, most of all, so I can support all of you. So yeah, how you can support me, subscribe to the YouTube channel, be part of Team KB. Um, I have a private Facebook group that I'm going to link to you in the comments so that you can join me. Uh, I also do Facebook lives there and you can chat to me more in the group. If you're listening on the podcast, just search on Facebook for the self-improvement uh, so self-improvement, inspiration, positive mindset community. And this is just a group for my fans, like all my people, the people who believe in me, the people who believe in what I'm doing, who care about self-improvement, about self-mastery, all those things. Join the group and um, yeah, please like the videos, please share the videos. I cannot grow, I cannot go further without you supporting me, telling people, because I'm just one guy and all I can do is make the videos. Like the rest of it, I'm leaving in your hands and you know, if you want to use the word God in God's hands or whatever, um, it's not in my control. I can only control what I can do and that's my actions and beyond that. I only have a certain amount of time to dedicate to these things. And um, yeah, please keep commenting on the videos. I, I know I say this every time and I know it seems kind of cliche, but I want you to understand that like in the, the reason I say turn on notifications is because in the first hour, if a video is doing well, 
it gets bumped up in the algorithm. It will really experience a search. And so if you have a notification and you immediately comment, you immediately like, it tells YouTube like, whoa, like hundreds of people are liking this video. They're commenting on this video. And so it triggers the algorithm and it helps my, my wisdom, the mission I'm on to go viral. And I can't do that without your support. So please, you know, it mean the world to me and all the hard work that I'm putting in where you know, I'm, I'm here till like 2.30 on a Sunday working hard um, because I care, like I actually care. I actually care. And, you know, subscribe, like, share, comment, all those things and, and talk to me, you know, I'm here to help you. And if you enjoyed this YouTube live, let me know if you want me to do more. Um, you are literally guiding what I do. You are literally uh, fueling what I do. You're fueling me. But ultimately, it's not just about what who I am and me. I want to build a movement of people mastering themselves, following their inner compass and making a difference, making a difference to their communities because you guys are all leaders in some way, shape or form. So I hope you've enjoyed listening or watching to this episode of the Lost in Life podcast. Leave your comments, like the video, make sure you subscribe. And as always, absorb what's useful, discard what isn't, and add what is uniquely your own. I'll see you next time. Peace.